With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the TakeCast. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the show, we reunited the old gang, the Fantasy Insiders PGA Daily Fantasy Show, myself, Timothy Frank, Ryan Forbes, the old the old crew, we got back together to talk about the 2019 PGA Championship. We talked about uh, DraftKings Daily Fantasy, FanDuel Daily Fantasy, and uh, betting. So, you know, some some tips in terms of how to play the event from a betting perspective. Did a course preview for Beth Page Black. All that good stuff. All the things that you need to know to uh, get ready for the 2019 PGA Championship in this podcast. If you are uh, a fan of the show, if you want to support the show, we always appreciate a rating on iTunes. It really does make a difference. It really does help out. And uh, we are. you can also support the show by subscribing on Patreon to get bonus episodes of the show, some early release episodes of the show, and more. Uh, so that's $5 a month. We, uh, we really appreciate that as well. And of course, we are sponsored by DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code Rory to get 10% off the best projections and lineup tools in the industry. I've uh, I've actually won three MLB GPPs this year just using the Daily Roto tools and content. Trust me, I do not know that much about baseball, so the tools they are they are pretty good. And we're also presented by RotoExperts.com. Use the promo code Matic to get 10% off the $39.99 NFL 365 package that is headed up by yours truly. Now let's get into the show. All right, everyone, welcome back to what, you know, at least 86 of you have really been waiting for, the reunion of the old Fantasy Insiders PGA Daily Fantasy Show. I'm Davis Maddock, bringing in Timothy Frank and Ryan Forbes to talk about the 2019 PGA Championship, which right before we went live, Ryan noted to us actually is the two-year reunion of the last time we ever did this show, which was the 2017 British Open, which if I recall correctly, uh, did not go that well. I think that was, was that the year that uh, Spieth won? Who knows? I'm sure it didn't go well. I don't need to even look back at the results to figure out uh, if, if who I touted did well, but uh... Yeah, I mean, it's nice to be back with you guys, though. Yeah. Was, uh, we had a good time. I'm just glad, uh, you know, I mean, Davis has had some pretty big names on the take cast, but uh, I don't know if, it, if anything comes close to Fantasy Golf Man. So um, this, this might be the biggest show ever. The people, the people wanted Fantasy Golf Man. When I told the, <laughs> when I told the Daily Roto uh, so like Slack subscribers that we were doing this show, people were amped. They were, they were ready for us to talk about the 2019 PGA Championship. And apparently, since we, uh, since we last podcasted, Ryan, you've actually been gotten good at golf betting somehow. So at least <laughs> one of the three of us has profited at golf betting over the last two years. You've been crushing the, uh, the head-to-head markets and... Humble brag has had two second places in the last two weeks. 
Yeah, the second place is like like I said, you don't get any money for them. But uh, Mitchell earlier in the year was big for me, um, so I, I'm kind of living off that for now, <laughs> trying to pick up a winner here. That's so. That's uh, not having Keith Mitchell that week and having him pretty much every other week of the year is so insanely tilting because I I've been on him before. I was on him after. I think maybe that like was did people tout the Honda Classic as an accuracy course or something? That would have been a dumb reason for me not to bet him. I, I definitely was like team course fit for Honda, and I'm like no no way Mitchell has a shot here. You got to be you got to be accurate off the tee, and then he just goes and crushes the field. So. Yeah. And he hit a 15 foot putt to win to really, to Dude, really that was, everybody. I remember I was like with my family and they're like, what are you looking at under the table? And I'm like, well, actually, <laughs> well, we I'm watching, I'm watching Keith, like, I'm watching Keith Mitchell try not to piss himself standing over a 15 footer. Yeah, that was Bermuda greens, man. Bermuda Keith. He, he loves those Bermuda greens. So for the 2019 PGA championship, not only is Tiger Woods the most expensive golfer on DraftKings, but he actually leads the betting markets. Scale of 1 to 10, how dumb is this, Tim? Uh, if 10's being the worst, it's about a 10, I would say. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the betting markets, we know they're, they're driven by what, you know, the public action. And who's the more public player than Tiger? So it's like the books aren't going to take any chances with him. They know people are going to be betting him regardless of the number. So... Yeah, they're going to make him the betting favor, try and try and cover their ass. People will still bet him, but yeah, I I'm not putting him in the in the same class as DJ and Rory even even with the performance at the Masters. So yeah, I, it's it's egregious that he's the betting favorite, I think. He's like the sixth best golfer in the world now, I think. I think Tiger 3.0 seems like he's like the sixth best golfer, Ryan. Or are are you just team Tiger? Are you letting your Tiger flag fly? He's back to number 1. I I've, I've always been a little bit uh a little bit, I guess, mean, would you say to Tiger on Twitter? But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to, it's hard to hate the guy. I, I always tried to be like, uh, like some higher up on my pedestal saying, Oh, he used to cheat on his wife, but you know, that was sort of the approach I was coming at from. Um, it was certainly cool to see him win the masters though. And I wouldn't say I'm on team tiger, especially this week at these prices, uh, I prefer to to kind of you know that that's an easy fade for me typically and and you know just the just the name recognition people are going to be out to put him on their team bet him I mean you got what's his name throwing the guy who bet the uh, the eighty thousand or whatever yeah he threw he threw a hundred k on him to win each like of a the, million or yeah. one point two million or something yeah so he's already uh, tossing that money in the dumpster I I was tweeting last week so he. He bet on him to win all four majors now at like a hundred to one. And had he just like literally bet him and rolled all the money over at all three of those majors, he probably would have been a thousand to one at least. Yeah, at so least he, something like that. Plus a little bit of equity there. But uh if that guy wins again, I'm gonna I'm gonna really I'm gonna be tilting big time because that's just I don't know if it gets more square than that. Fan <laughs> FanDuel's running back the Tiger refund promotion too. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, I think it's much less like, I don't even think that this course sets up all that well for him. You know, the rough is like six inches deep. This dude is going to try and hit a four iron out of the rough and tweak his back again. That's like, that's like something that's like really in play here. Yeah. He, he drove the ball well at the masters, which I think was his sort of downfall coming in. Um, 
and you know his if, if his tee game's there he'll probably certainly be in the mix this week i don't want to i don't want to discount him but uh you know just getting into things i think this is certainly going to be at a 7400 yard par 70 uh that's that's a ridiculous distance for a, a course that's only going to have two par fives uh, i think that distance is certainly going to be important this week and not not only distance but really just just total driving you know finding fairways giving yourself an, a look in at, at some of these holes because there's a lot of angles a lot of uh it, it's going to be fun but i think if you're if you're not getting it off the tee you're, you're going to be lost how does rory not win this week tim how like it was he going to shoot a 76 on sunday like how is rory going to come to this course with his game and his like his irons are so good his tee game is so good right now how does he ruin it this week? It's really amazing that he's only won one event this year. You know, I run like before every tournament, I run like ball striking stats, like off the tee and on approach, like just add those together. And he's like lapping the field, like 2.273 approach plus uh, off the tee. And like the next closest player on tour is Corey Connors at like 1.4. Um, so the guy is just, I don't know how he hasn't won more events. Obviously, I guess the short game would probably be the answer for that or just some untimely loose shots. But, yeah, I mean, it's I because I love the dude, the dude is just an idiot. Like, he finds, ways, he finds ways to make sixes when every other tour professional makes a four. Like, he just – it just all melts down at the exact wrong moment for him. He plays, like, just a stone idiot, like, on – 30% of his holes. Yeah, there's there's a little bit of that. It's like some course management or whatever you want to call it. But, man, I think the course sets up great, especially it being – it's going to be wet there this week, which is going to make it play longer. I'm with Ryan. Um, yeah, I think you need to be long off the tee and find the fairway. So, you know, Rory, best tee game in the business. I, yeah, I, I love him this week. But like you said, it's like he seems to find one or two or three stupid shots, stupid holes – every event to, you know, is there, is there water on this course? I haven't like looked at like a hole by hole layout. Uh, if, there, if there's no water, yeah. that's I don't think there's a ton of water. I don't know. Ryan, Ryan might know a little bit more about the, the track than I do, but yeah, from what I, I don't recall, believe there's a ton of water that's going to be in play this week. I know around the greens, there's a ton of bunkers. There was, um, there was, I think it was, I've read a bunch of previews and I apologize if I get this wrong. I think it was Josh Culp was pointing out that on average players find like three more bunkers for the week when they've played here than normal. It went up from like five to eight or something. Um, so uh, that, that certainly bunker play should seem to factor in a little bit more. Um, and really these greens are just like, all of them are like elevated. So you know, if you're if you're sitting in the rough and trying to hit an elevated green, you really have no way to stop the ball. And if you try to land it short, you know, the green's elevated, it's going to come back down. So, you know, finding the fairway and being able to control your spin and, and get them up on the right landing spot is going to be pretty key this week. Otherwise, you're going to you're going to be finding a lot of trouble. And that's. I will you know, say it's supposed to rain kind of off and on this whole weekend. So that might eliminate a little bit of that. Like the guys who are a little bit shorter off the tee and are hitting like four irons into these greens, they might be able to run a little bit hot with that. Cause it's just a lot easier to stick a four iron when the green is wet versus if it's been dried out and, and playing this event, they, they normally play the PGA in August. So yeah. playing it, playing it in May is like in terms of like what the course plays like is, 
I mean, it's a, it's a pretty reasonable difference in terms of how the grass is and everything. Brooks, like, you know, I'm not, I'm not betting Brooks. I probably won't have him much on DraftKings. Well, I'll probably boost his projection a little bit on like the daily roto projections when I go to do it, but he still rates out as like a worse value than JT, than Rose, than Rom. So JT has, has withdrawn in case wow. that was like within the last probably half hour. Yeah, that so just wrist, came out. Wrist still bothered him, but uh, should get that out there. <laughs> I pro- that probably that probably saved me some money because I was actually planning on going pretty heavy on JT. Yeah, yeah, I think I mean he's he hasn't been the same since that wrist injury. Since I the mean, Honda, he, he came yeah. out just lighting the world on fire, and his you know his approach game was just unparalleled, really. And he just hasn't been there for him. Um, you know, it's not like he's not having high finishes. You know, he was still twelfth at the Masters, but uh, probably probably good on his part if he knows he's not healthy to just you know take some time get it completely healthy. I mean, Brooks had similar last year. I don't know if it's the same injury, but Brooks was talking about how you know he wasn't sure he'd ever get back from it. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it's probably wise on JT's part just get healthy and maybe come back and tear it up for the uh, second half of the season. You ready to bail on Molinari for good, Tim? <laughs> after 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 his his cataclysmic meltdown and then miscut the next week, I think I bailed on Molinari two years ago, or like maybe right before he went on this like super hot streak. But yeah, he did. <laughs> the perfect timing. It was oh yeah, like typical me. Like let's jump off right before he goes on this epic run. Um, he does seem a little out of place, uh, you know, at ninety seven hundred with the names around him. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I don't like him that much this week. I know it seemed like he was going to cruise to a win at Augusta and then kind of fell apart. I don't know how much scarring he has from that, but yeah, I, I don't like him compared to the names around him. Um, he may have difficulties with a longer wet course. I mean, he's a fairly elite player, so I'm not too worried about it, but I don't think it's the best setup for him for sure here. Long no, it's, it's cause it's the best setup for if it plays tough, it's going to be a really good setup for Fleetwood and if John Rom doesn't turn into a t- like if John Rom doesn't turn into a tilt box, like I don't know, he probably wins. I think because it like his tee to green game and his approach game are all so good right now. Like he's like sort of not as good as Rory, but like most of his numbers are about as good as Rory. And then Xander is the other guy. Like Xander at twenty five to one, my favorite bet of the tournament. Like I I think Xander has like real good win equity. Yeah, I I uh, Xander was one. I had actually had him and Brooks at the Masters. That's what I was thinking. Oh, tilting. So I, I had oh, both that, guys that oh, finished man. second to Tiger. Um, so it, even though I say it was cool to see Tiger win, yeah, that was that was a little painful. But um, yeah, in this price range, I mean, I like, I really like Rose a li- ahead of Xander. Feels like people are sleeping on him. Um, he's coming in at ninety nine hundred. Uh, he just had a third at Quail Hollow. Uh, a couple weeks back at the Wells Fargo. And I, I read an interesting article on Betfair. They were talking about um, correlation between Quail Hollow and this course. And basically it was like, okay, everybody that's won, I mean, they haven't played it at uh, Bethpage that often, but Woods and Glover won the U.S. Opens in 02 and 09, and they both had wins at Quail Hollow. And I believe the same was true for uh, Nick Watney. And I think Reed had it. So Nick Watney won the Barclays in 2012. He also had a win at Quail Hollow. Patrick Reed, 2016, won the Barclays, and he had a second at Quail Hollow at some point, I believe, if 
I, I totally right, so. I totally buy that corollary. Actually, it makes makes a lot of sense to me. It's courses that play similar. Yeah, and I mean that's that's a course where Rory's crushed at. Um, so Rose coming off a third a couple weeks ago and coming in just under 10k. Um, you know, right around guys like uh, Fowler. Uh, you know that people will gravitate towards Molinari, Shoffley. I, I I really like Rose in this spot, and it seems like it's it's one of those times where you know, we get Rose at a major where he's probably pretty underowned, and, and for the most part, he he's one of those guys that can turn it on when he needs to, right? I mean, obviously, obviously, we're looking at the Masters. He was highly touted coming in based on his course history there, um, but uh, I, I'm ready to jump back on this week, especially just given you know his his all around game is is solid off the tee approach, or I mean, it's just. He's got everything it would take to win a tournament at a tough course like this. All right, Tim, you have to find a way to talk me out of just like 50% Bryson at 8,900. We, we got to find a way. Also, we should mention that I'm pretty sure that Ryan was the first person to ever tout Bryson DeChambeau on a <laughs> fantasy golf podcast because he mentioned him when he was an am, I believe at the 2015 Masters was the, was the year he played as the, as the top am. I don't even remember this, but I'll I'll take this uh, I'll take the award. I'm I'm I, I'm I'm certain that you're the first person to ever tell me about Deschamps. I think I did tell you about him, and then you were you were very high on him going forward, and I, I kind of jumped off the train. Um, I got on the train like I don't know, like February March of this year, right when he was like really sucking, and yeah, <laughs> I bet him a couple events, played him in some DraftKings, and it was like, all right. I'm getting really I, I pressed the I dude. pressed the lock button on him at WGC Mexico for the T68, <laughs> and I have not been back since. But I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that Bryson DeChambeau at 8900 is like an extremely good play in all formats on DK. Yeah, I mean he does seem like the nut, like millie maker type play. Yeah. Um, because yeah, I, I don't think people are going to go there because he really hasn't been playing well. Um, kind of a prolonged stretch of not playing too well. Had what did he have? One good round at the Masters. I think he came out hot, and then he shot a sixty-six, and then he had a seventy on the final day. But that included- I, I thought he was going to run away with it. Like yeah. I thought, oh, DeChambeau was going to win, and he was like gone, like his back nine of his second round or something. Like total I mean, ejection. He, he had he had a he had a double bogey, I think, on nine or something like yeah. that. It, at one, it was it was not pretty though. He shot a seventy-six on. Uh, on Friday, not quite as bad as Paul Casey, though. <laughs> oh God, that was brutal. Um, but you know, Bryson's had some time off, which normally we don't like. But maybe with him, it might be uh, a good thing. Recalibrate everything. He's still probably trying to get over the altitude in Mexico. That's probably throwing him <laughs> off for like <laughs> for like sixteen straight weeks. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think there's risk involved. But yeah, like you know, like large field GPP. He just seems like the kind of a play you want, you know, big upside. Uh, he's he's the pivot off Finau. I mean, the, the words out on Finau and, and majors and, you know, as people talk about distance, you know, it's like Finau's checking all the boxes. And I, I certainly like him this week. Um, you know, four of his last five majors has been in the top 10. So he's kind of like Brooks light, if, if you will. Yeah. Um, he's, like, he's like Brooks light with like a little bit less uh, will to win. Yeah. Yeah. Brooks would have so. Brooks would have never hit it in the water. 
Brooks did hit it in the water on 12. Oh my God. That's right. That was yeah. a, that was a crazy nine holes. That, that was, that was the difference in the tournament. Brooks, Brooks and Molinari hit it in the water and uh, Tiger found the green. That well, was Fino. Fino didn't Fino hit it in the water too. Fino hit it in the water as well. Oh yeah. My so that, gosh. that was, that was the difference. I mean, Tiger was pretty much the only one from those last couple of groups that, that found the green on 12. And, uh, yeah. You know, you know what actually throw. swung it in a way that really impacted me was that Xander parred 15. Xander on that, on, on, on yeah, 15. He, the par five. He, yeah. And he, he like hit it way over the green, left a horrible chip and like had like work left to save par. That was yeah. like, that was like really brutal. And he didn't even try and birdie 18 either. Just a really tilting sequence of events for someone with, uh, I think, Zan- what was Xander, like 40 to 1 that weekend? I think he was 40, yeah. They, they, it did, you know, it struck me well that he said after that, you know, it kind of gave him, even though he didn't win, it gave him, like, the confidence to know that, hey, I can I can win any of these events. So, yeah, kind of going along with your, your thoughts on Xander, I'm with you there. Um, I probably won't bet him this week at the prices. Um, but the uh, the DraftKings price is is super sweet at ninety one hundred, and you know he's he's gonna be he's gonna be big game hunting. So the reason that I don't know if Finau is gonna be mega chalk is that I'm pretty sure one in three DraftKings lineups, Tim, is just gonna come preloaded with Patrick Cantlay at eighty two hundred. Yeah, I, that's a, that's a tough one to get away from. Um, you know the way he played in the Masters, man. That round on Saturday was just amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, the guy does does it all. I think, you know, he had the stigma of having a terrible short game, and I think people would always bring that up, especially at more difficult courses. Um, Bunker play. Exactly. Bunker play. But I, he's not that bad, though. I think, he, you know, he hit a couple bad bunker shots in, like, key spots in a couple events early on in this comeback, maybe last year. But, you know, his around the green game, if you look at the numbers, isn't that bad. Um I think he's just got a great all-around game. Yeah, he's like, like you said, it's just, just lock him in, hit the lock button. It's hard to see him. I don't want to put the jinx on him, but it's, it's hard to see him failing at, at 8,200. That's just a great price. I think he's got, you know, I think he's got a great chance to win this. Event. Yeah, Data Golf has him with the same win equity and top 20 equity as Tiger Woods at this tournament. <laughs> well, there you go. And Tiger Woods is the most expensive guy. Like, I, I don't know. I, I try not to go like super mega overweight in golf just because like, you know, there is so much variance and like, you know, whatever anyone can shoot a 75 on any given day, but Patrick can't lay at 8,200. It's sort of like when Brooks used to be 8k at these majors, it would just be like, why would you not just load up on that guy when you're like going to get a T16 worst case scenario? Yeah. And Okay, so Cantlay's 19th in strokes gained around the green this year. And, I mean, if you asked people, they would say, oh, terrible short game, terrible short game. So, yeah, I mean, he, he really doesn't have any holes in his game, you know, this year. I, yeah, I love Cantlay, but that's not really breaking any news. I think everybody's going to be on the same, in the same boat. Do you think that people will play Paul Casey after, like, I mean, his recent form has not been good. And the last time people saw him, he was, uh, what, nine over at the Masters, I think? He, he bounced back with a fourth uh, at Wells Fargo two weeks ago. Uh, Honestly, love, did not even know that. I barely watched yeah, Wells Fargo. That's fine. But people love playing Paul Casey. They I do. I don't know that they love betting him as much, but he, he'll probably be a, a staple in a lot of DraftKings lineups um, at 8300 You know, $100 more than Cantley. 
you can probably get them both in easily and feel pretty confident in your lineup. Yeah. I, I'm going down a little bit. I like uh, specifically for betting. I'm, I'm pulling the trigger on Bubba this week at 55. Uh, the game, the game spin up and down, you know, you never know what you're going to get with the putter on Bubba, but uh, really it, it his three appearances at this course. He's uh He's got a 13th in 2016. He was 10th in 2012 and then 18th at the 09 U.S. Open. Uh, so, I mean, a guy with Bubba's length, creativity, you know, his, his approach game has been a little up or down, a little hit and miss, but really his, like, long irons, um, you know, I have a little bit more confidence if he's going to have to be even with people who are farther back um, as far as his long irons go. So, I, I do like Bubba. Um, at fifty-five to one, it feels like a, a really good price. Hate to hate to have it eight thousand on DraftKings, by but the way. I'm I'm in on Bubba this week. I think he's nice. Got, <laughs> I think he's got pretty good win equity at fifty to one, and I think that he also makes a really good DraftKings play because scoring is going to be pretty limited this week in terms of like birdies and eagles, and Bubba is one dude who like there, there was. Uh, I think the stat was there was two eagles on this course when they played it in 2016 for the Northern Trust. And if you were going to tell me two guys got an eagle and you told me it was Bubba and Rory, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense that it was Bubba. Like it would, And, you know, if, if the winning score is going to be 105, you know, an eagle can swing things. If, if Bubba's like T4 or whatever. Like I'm, I'm yeah. pretty in on Bubba this week. Yeah, I'll, I'll just make it a, a clean sweep. I like it. All right. Like, there I, we go. And, you know, I think the 13th, the 10th, and the 18th, I think that's pretty huge for Bubba because we know that, like, if he just doesn't like a course, he hates it and he's got no chance. So I think, you know, comes in with some good vibes. He's played this course three times, three solid finishes. You know, in his last two stroke play events were a 12th at the Masters and a 4th at the Valspar. So, I mean, he played the Zurich and he played the match play, but those are really results that we don't really care about too much we can throw out. So, yeah, stroke, last two stroke play events, solid. Likes it here. He's crushing it off the tee. Almost a stroke, a full stroke gained uh, per round off the tee, which is huge. So, yeah, we all like Bubba. So, that's not a good sign, probably. <laughs> this this next range is – He's going to have, like – he's going to lose, like, six strokes putting on, on Thursday. Like, that's 100%, a lot. Yeah. Well, what you what you want with Bubba, well, what you don't want with Bubba is just for him to start tilting. Like I think he could probably he could probably survive losing two strokes putting as long as he's just not tilting off the next holes. Like once yeah. once you get Bubba tilting and hitting stuff left, like you're just like you're miserable. Yeah, I I, I think uh, while we're in this range, just real quick, I'll I'll toss in you know Phil's one with his history at Quail Hollow. If that if you're making that comparison. Um, he's also at 8k he was like atrocious though two weeks ago at quill hollow so i don't know what to make of that he he seems to be living his best life where you know he he could come out and win a tournament and, and then shoot like 80 the next week bill, or, bill I, is low-key hitting the ball further off of the tee which i thought was interesting just going through stuff bombs, like he, man yeah he's like he's like 10 yards longer off the tee this season than his last couple of years of averaging I just like Phil for his Twitter posts. I mean, he's oh. he's crushing it on Twitter. Yeah. Um, the this is a, like a like a really boring range of guys. Like these are all guys who I think are fine. Like Stenson, Sergio, Louis, whatever. I, yeah. Webb, Webb, I think is really good here. But the the most interesting name that I got to toss 
to Tim is, I mean, what do you do with Jason Kokrak? Did like this dude, this dude is just a walking top 10. And I like, I cannot fat, I cannot reconcile him with the guy that like used to be like just a threat to miss cut at any time. Like he could miss the cut at the Byron Nelson. No problem. Five years ago. I don't think I've clicked Jason Kokrak's name one time this year. And the guy has just been a print fest. If you've been playing <laughs> So, yeah, it's so hard to get that out of your head of, like, the player who he was, you know, two, three years ago. You're just waiting for, like, the other shoe to drop. But the guy, the ball striking has been amazing. It's, like, so consistently good. If you look, go back and look at the ball striking for, like, every event over his last, I don't know, the whole season. He's gaining four, five, six, seven strokes with the ball striking. But I don't think, I mean, I I haven't played him all year. I'm not going to start in a major championship. Um, especially with some of these other names around him. But, yeah, it's probably a bad move because the guy's just been absolutely crushing this year. Well, if it makes you feel any better, the ball striking numbers have at least gotten a little bit worse. Like, he's not like he's not like the absolute stone best now. He's, he's like, above field average, but he's not like Rory McIlroy with a 7-iron now. So, like, that makes me feel a little bit better. Like Because I think he might come in at something like 15%, which would just be – not good. Uh, but Ryan, a guy who I think is a good bet in this like sort of range of golfers is Webb. I think he's like 75 to one on most of the sports books. You might even be able to get a better number. I think he's got like legit win equity here. Yeah, that's interesting to bring it up. I, I hadn't really uh, centered on Webb this week. Um, 66, I'm seeing. Yeah, 66 and on both sites that I'm on. So I, I, I've sort of, you know, you you lost over Stenson and Garcia. Those are the guys that really stood out for me. Um, I know both can really not putt uh, at this this year at all. They've both been pretty pretty miserable, pretty miserable putting wise. But they're both their approach games um, near the top in this field. I was looking Stenson's gaining like 1.2 strokes around approaching the green. Sergio's right behind him at 1.09. I mean, take your chances uh, and hope that they find some uh, some <laughs> some luck with the putter. I know for it's maybe I'm making this up, but it feels like the the Poana greens seem to bring out worse putters. I was just looking at the at the guys that do better on Poana greens. It's like Bubba, Finau, JB Holmes, um, Kokrak was on there. So those are guys that guys that perform better on Buana greens. And again, that's from, um, I, I get a lot of stuff from, from Josh Culp, <laughs> his, his future of fantasy blog. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I'm sort of gravitating towards both of them. Um, you guys already kind of talked about Kokrak. He's sort of in that same boat where the approach game pretty much on fire. Um, I, we can talk about Poulter at 7,600. I mean, he's playing as good as he ever has. I, I don't, I don't know that that translates to wins for Ian Poulter. He's sort of the, you know, it's, it's not his boat. I mean, he'll, he'll definitely be there. Right. I think he's, he's a solid play on DraftKings. People will probably be on him, but uh, yeah, he's another one that sort of stood out in this range for me. So I, I if I'm, if I'm ranking him, I, I think it's definitely uh, Sergio than Stinson and then uh, Kokrak and Poulter are pretty even for me. I've, I've met Kokrak like four weeks in a row when he's been playing because I, I just feel that wind's coming and 
I've obviously lost four weeks in a if row. If it so. comes at the PGA Championship, <laughs> I'm going to be apoplectic. I am not. It's, it's, it's going to ruin the whole experience for me. But he plays He plays well on tough courses. I remember him being there um, like two or three years ago at Riviera. Um, the courses where he's done well this year were the Honda, the Copperhead. Um, he played well at Riviera this year too. So, I, you know, as far as tough courses go, that, that doesn't really concern me. And, you know, going off, I think, at like 100 to 1 instead of like 40 to 1 where I was betting in the last couple of weeks is, is, is a little bit more enticing. Right. So – I don't know. I'm I'm probably going to be back on the co-crack train this week. If I know anything about golf betting, I feel like he's going to win like the John Deere at like nine to one or something. Yeah, it's true. Oh, sure. Yeah, like, that's how these things go, right? Yeah, it'll I mean, be, it'll be like DJ at two to one at the Canadian Open and co-crack at eight to one, and co-crack will just hold him off somehow. The one the one thing I could see for sure happening is that uh, Lucas Glover has won a PGA championship before and there is not open, a more Lucas, but yeah. yeah, but it was at, it was at Beth page, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. So there's not a, there is not a more Lucas Glover style golfer than Jason Kokrak. Like until, until this last three month stretch, I like, don't know if I could have differentiated their statistic, their like statistical profiles. So that's my, it's my one thing with Kokrak. There are a couple other guys in this range. I like though, how Tong, uh, I think he's like a bet and a DraftKings play. Uh, I think the same for Ryan Moore. And uh, oh I mean, wow, friends, any, friends any don't let friends listeners. play Ryan. Yeah, I know. Any former listeners of the podcast will know they're not happy. The data golf guys always want to get Ryan Moore in there, though. They they think he's good. Yeah, the the, the problem with me and Ryan Moore is like the places where he usually wins are like it's sort of like Snedeker, like it's just terrible fields. So he's won a lot in his career. I don't think he's won in like three years though, but, uh, well, he's not very fields. good. Yeah. I, he's good, but, uh, I don't know. I'm not, not jumping out at me this week, to be honest. I mean, I think I'd rather play Keith Mitchell and Rafa Cabrera Bale. I feel like, I feel like RCB might be like the, uh, he might be the guy who's actually like really underpriced. Like Rafa Cabrera Bale is like that. He's better than Alex Noren or Ryan Palmer, Shane Lowry. He's way better than those guys. Yeah, people will say that he's playing meh, but I mean he's he's a notoriously sort of streaky guy. When he finds it, he finds it. And yeah, I, I do like uh RCB. What do you what do you think on RCB, Tim? Yeah, I mean I don't love this range. once we get below like I don't I'm not a big fan of the mid to low sevens, but he is one of the guys that stuck out to me. Yeah, just you don't like, like their worst golfers. Is that what you're <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like all these terrible guys, they're just not for me. Um, no, I think there's some cheaper guys that, that, that I like better than some of these dudes in the mid-range. But, yes, he stuck out as being too cheap. Not playing great, but, um, you know, we know he has some upside. You know, he's fairly consistent. Uh, Mitchell's interesting, but the Poe greens really scare me. Ryan, oh. Ryan hit the nail on the head. I don't know if that was before we started rolling the tape. But, yeah, on, on Bermuda, he just seems to be a completely different player. Um, the course should set up well for Mitchell, but yeah, I, I don't know. Poe just it could seem like it could pose some problems for him here. So well, this is your this is your range of dudes, Tim. This is this is your like you. This is we got we got Russell Knox, we got Johnny Vegas, Graham McDowell. We got all your we got all your guys down here. So this is this is your this is your chance for for the bombs. This, this is like the anti tim course though right it's like bombs away like this russell knox isn't doing too much here 
I'd say probably like one of my favorite plays, and I hope this dude is not too chalky. Is Aaron Wise at seventy one hundred? He, he will not. He won't be. Um, last so he, rough start to the season. Just did not. I don't know what happened. He like got jacked and was doing steroids and was like game like. <laughs> Um, and just did not did not start the season off well. But T17 at the Masters. Um, then he was T18 at Wells Fargo um, and gained, I don't know, gained a bunch of strokes off the tee on approach. And then he was T43 last week, which isn't going to catch people's attention. But he was equally as good uh, with the ball striking last week. Um, he just didn't putt. So, you know, he bounced you know, T17 at the Masters and then two really good ball striking performances at um, – Wells Fargo and Byron Nelson, and he's really strong off the tee when his game is working well. So I, I like him. I think the course sets up well, and I think he's one of the guys where you, you, you got to dig a little bit deeper to kind of see why he's a good play. I think if you're just looking at course history, which he has none, recent form, year-long stats, like none of that's going to look too good. But if you kind of dig a little bit deeper, I, I think he's a great play. So hopefully not a ton of people will be on him. His year-long stats look like decent to me. He's like he's like pretty good. A couple other guys down here, uh, Mr. Strokes gained putting, Justin Harding. He he almost like ran like a, into a top fifteen at the Masters just by gaining like nine strokes putting. <laughs> that's, he, that's Nelson, he, Ad, that's Nelson Adcock's boy. He'll be playing a lot of. Uh... Oh, he'll definitely have he'll definitely have <laughs> Harding. Uh, so I think maybe uh, Jim Furyk gonna have trouble contending here. Maybe maybe a little bit too long for Father Time. He, he better have the uh, he better have the hybrids working this week to have any chance. Ch three at seven k. What what? Why did he withdraw last week, Ryan? Do you do you know? I don't know that I saw any more than just that he was out. Um, probably would... a red flag, and it's not like he's coming in playing great. I mean, the two missed cuts. Maybe maybe he was battling an injury. I think he missed cut at RBC and then at Wells Fargo. Not like the results were really spectacular um prior to that either so i don't know i'm, I'm probably out on ch3 this week i would play also, him if i knew he was healthy for sure yeah i'm also probably out on uh i think people like perez he's had a couple good finishes in a row no, but, I'm out on that um, too. with his he's basically lost strokes off the tee in both those finishes so a little bit different of a challenge this week. I would probably avoid him at, at 7K. Um, you, got any, you got any Euros to tout? They're like the whole bottom of the field. It's really interesting. Like the whole bottom of the field is just – it's Luke List and Euros below 7,000. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I think – I don't know how you ignore um, Jorge Campillo on this list at 6,900. He's uh, – so five of his last six tournaments on the Euro Tour, he's been inside the top three. Um, he had a win three weeks ago at the Trophy Asan too. Certainly going to be a different challenge where, you know, relative to par, they might be nine to 12 under in most of the tournaments he's playing in, you know, guys are 16 to 20. So a little bit more of a challenge. Um, but I mean, good golf, good golf. And if it's on, you know, hopefully it translates anywhere. So it only 6,900. I like Campillo a lot. I don't think that's a controversial take based on how he's been playing. Um, I got I got I, an interesting one for Tim, John Daly, Dylan <laughs> Fratelli, or Harold Varner because they're all the exact same price. 
I I'm slightly interested in Fratelli. I don't. He's been striking the ball well. The putting he's like the out. most tour grinder, grindy guy ever. Like he's just like gonna make. He's like very like uh, Aaron Baddeley. He's gonna play on tour for thirty years, never win, do well in like the alternate events, like the Barracuda. But it, like he's like he's not good. Uh, I disagree. I think he has some talent. I just don't think he's really put it all together this year. Not, I mean, he hasn't had any high finishes, been consistent, but just kind of mediocre. But I mean, I think the talent's there. I don't think he's a terrible play. Um, no, I don't think he is. I don't think he's terrible. I th- like he's got, he's got, uh, he's got like, you know, 55% chance to make the cut. Yeah. I mean, like he, that. he struck it well last week. He lost almost six strokes putting. So that wasn't, uh, that's not ideal, but going, going back to euros, I'll definitely play some Thomas Peters for sure. I think, um, you know, you kind of never know what you're going to get with him, but, uh, I, in tournaments and I think the course sets up well, I think he's a guy we've seen him. And I feel like I go back to these finishes now that are getting farther and farther away when he contended at Riviera, when he contended at the WGC in Mexico, when he contended at the Masters. But, I mean, we've seen him do it in big events. Um, But he's just so volatile, so up and down. But, you know, at 7K, we we know he has length. We know he can score. We know he can play and contend in tough events and tough fields. But he's almost equally as likely to just blow up in – terrible events too so you kind of got to embrace the volatility with him but at 7k i always like you know, some of them in tournaments providing he's not going to be that owned yeah i think i think all of that is reasonable um i think that's it's probably about it for the player pool who wins tim i, I think rory wins i just can't get yeah. i look at his ball striking numbers and they're so much better than anyone on tour this year um it's just hard for me to get away from that. And he's been consistently good. So I'm, I'm going to go with Rory. All right, Ryan, who wins? Mr. Alpha, man. Brooks. The, a true throwback to win, to win. Uh, <laughs> we were, we were definitely first on Brooks. We were Dude, late. We were, we were late on many things, but we were first on Brooks. I'll, I'll tell you what, what, uh, since I haven't been on, since we haven't podcasted in two years, we were, we were so high on Brooks Kepka. And I've been on zero of his major wins on him, betting-wise. And that, that still tilts me to this day that, like, why I, I, I just wouldn't throw on him because, you know, you always believed in the guy. But uh, he, he, he's certainly got this thing where he turns into, like, a robot at these majors and just, you know, grinds out birdie after birdie and par after par. And it's, it's, it's impressive. I, yeah, he, I, I think when it, he gets there, he hits every putt. Every drive is 310 right down the center. You never think he's going to miss an iron shot. Like, it, it really is crazy how, play, how well he plays at these things. That, that drive on 18 at Augusta, when, like, people are cheering on Tiger on the, on the tee box. Yeah, he doesn't Tiger's care. the hole behind, and he just, like, rips a perfect drive. <laughs> like, we watched that. I watched that hole all day, and, like, nobody was in good position off the tee, and he just – Strokes one down the middle of the fairway and has like 140 and for a, a good look at birdie. But So I was yeah, there was... the Sunday when he won at the PGA Championship at Bell Reeve. And I yep. mean, the crowd was booing his birdies. So he birdies 17 and the crowd is booing him because they, you know, they all want Tiger to win. And he yep. just like, the guy could not be phased less. Like he just didn't care. He walks up to 18, rips it. I, I, and he, he, had, he had like an eight footer for birdie to win by three and he ended up missing it, but it just didn't, it doesn't matter. The guy shows up to win major championships. That's just what he does. 
Yeah. All that being said, I'm picking Xander to win. The PGA is it's the easiest for first time winners to win because the field has so many guys who are terrible and uh, the conditions are generally good for scoring. Like I think there maybe some of this stuff about the rough is a little bit overblown because the PGA wants to keep the players happy. Like it's, they don't want it to be like a U.S. open where every player is complaining about how horrible it is. So I think there's a chance that scoring goes a little bit lower than we think. And if that is the case, like, I mean, Xander can win either way, but if, if the winning score is like minus 18, I like him even more. Davis taking a young up and coming stud was you've never was seen like it before. Minus 3000 <laughs> for this, uh, these predictions, by the way, I would no, say but I, I, I love Xander too. Rory, Rory is the other guy though. It just feels it, like when's the last, I honestly don't even know this. When's the last time Rory won a major like 2016, 2015. Yeah, I don't know. It was the, the PGA Championship uh, 2016, I believe. That's crazy, um, man. He's way too good to go three, four years without a major. Like, he is – I mean, Rory and DJ, I, I believe, are the best golfers in the world, and then everyone that else was, is. That was the one where it was, like, him, Phil, and Ricky, and there was, like, dark, and Phil's, like, let's keep going. And I think, I think Ricky, like – it was like pitch black and Ricky lips out his final putt and it cost him like 300 grand or something. Cause he fell from like second to fifth, but yeah. Sucks to yeah. suck, Rick. Phil, Phil loves that move, making guys play in the dark. Oh, <laughs> he's, such a, he's such a jerk. I love it. He really Phil's is. Phil's living. If, if you haven't gotten a chance, go check out the Phil like calf raise um, Twitter post that he it's had. It's good stuff. Oh, it's, it's, it's great how he builds it up. And then he, <laughs> he's living his best life i love it he is all right boys that's gonna do it for us here after uh the reunion of the fipga daily fantasy show we hope that uh we hope it was helpful or at least entertaining for you guys talk to you later